We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too bad. That was good. Roll on. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Eurostep podcast network and the Blue Wire podcast network. I am Ty Windish. I am joined as always by my frizzy-haired co-host, Rohan Kadi, and we're here to celebrate, you know, a big acquisition. Giannis Tedekumpo, Grayson Allen, and Bobby Portis just bought and are now the owners of the Chicago Bulls. Great news the Bucks take both games in Chicago. Grayson Allen has outscored the Bulls over those two games in Chicago. Things are going pretty well, at least as well as they can, without um, without Chris Middleton in the he's, lineup. He's outscored any Chicago any, any Bulls. Chicago he, has, Bulls. he has not outscored the Chicago Bulls. But could Bulls. you imagine? <laughs> that has, it has felt like he has outscored the Chicago Bulls <laughs> because you. he has just been an absolute monster. We'll get into him, like get into talking about him for sure. But just just an absolutely wild game. But first, make sure you're subscribed on yeah. your podcast platform and choice. Check out gspnstore.com. Subscribe to the YouTube. Subscribe to the Substack. Ty, that was fun. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, maybe that'll be game five. Maybe that'll be the game that Grayson actually outscores the Bulls. You're, of course, correct. I meant any individual Bull over the last two games. But, you know, I think we've been... Fairly respectful outside of you and Jordan slandering Vooch, deservedly so, throughout this series so far to the Bucks opponents. I think I'm over that. Like, I think, like, what is this? Like, I know the Bucks are better. Obviously, they had the best player in the series. And for the first time in this series, he really took over and dominated a game. They have the second best player, too. That, uh, Grayson? Yeah. <laughs> and the third and the fourth and, and it goes on. But it's like, really, this is the best you can do at home? Two straight games that are non-competitive after Chris Middleton is ruled out for the rest of the series? Non-competitive. And listen, I know they don't have Lonzo. Chris Middleton's a lot better than Lonzo. They lose Alex Caruso because he jammed his face into Javon Carter's hand near the end of the game. Seriously, get well soon. You may have a concussion. Hopefully Caruso is okay. But non-competitive games with two star all-stars, two all-stars, 
at least one All-NBA player, Vucevic, who everyone said was a great defender, who cannot contain Grayson Allen one-on-one. Like, this is sad. They're going out sad. Yeah, it's it's sort of, we kind of we got lost because of how poor the first two games yeah. went for the Bucks. But this is how it was always supposed to go. And it just took the Bucks like two games to really wake up and be like, oh yeah, this is what we were supposed to do the entire time. Like this should have been the last game of the series. It should have, yeah. but it wasn't. And now we get to see another one of these games, which is honestly kind of fun. You get to do this at home now. You get to rectify your home loss by absolutely blowing the doors off the Chicago Bulls at home. We agree game five is going to be an absolute demolition, right? I don't know how it can't be. I mean, imagine what Fiserv is going to do and the Deer District, I hope. We need good weather Wednesday night, but every time Grayson or Bobby does anything, the way Milwaukee is geeking out over how these guys are dominating the Bulls right now is special, and I'm totally here for it. I mean, we'll talk about Giannis more. We have to. Grayson Allen turns in 27 points. You have 24 last time out. Last time he led the Bucks in scoring, the game in scoring. This time Giannis comes in first with 32, but Grayson still pouring in 27. He has, I guess it's pretty obvious that he's outscored any bowl over the last two games. He's outscored all of them in both games individually. No one has had more points than him in either of these games. 10 for 12 from the field, 6 for 7 from deep. You know, he also had two rebounds. He also had three steals. Grayson has had an awesome defensive series against the Bulls, too. But he's been so good on offense, it was actually overshadowed for me. Like, I guess we don't have to worry about if the pressure or the negativity or the boos. The boos are great for Grayson. I hope the Bucks bench boos him the whole postseason. I don't think he's for the rest of his Bucks tenure. I'll boo him for the rest of his life. I think it's going to help him thrive. That's what we've been seeing so far. They're they're PEDs for the booze. Yeah, it's just I don't know what happened, but he just turns on. He turns into prime MJ when it's just the booze are coming down. He wants to become the greatest shooting guard that's ever played in the United Center. He looks it's, like it. He does. He definitely does look like it. I just it is perfect poetic justice that the two players on the Bucks that the Bulls hate the most <laughs> are Bobby Portis and Grayson Allen, and those are the two that are putting the nails in the bull's coffin. And just, you don't, the boos in United Center aren't even loud anymore. No. They're just muffled. Because how can you keep booing? Because it's like, oh, he just keeps making shots. We can't boo him every time because he keeps on doing it. What are we going to do? Boo him after each of his 10 made field goals? <laughs> like, it's just, they can't do it anymore. At the first two games of the series, every time he touched the ball, he was getting booed by the Bulls fans that were in Pfizer, which is shameful, by the way. Yeah, uh, but just now at the United Center, they they started off strong in Game Two. I mean Game Three. Excuse me, I was not on that post game podcast. But it's just they're so quiet. My favorite part of these two games is how quiet the United Center is. Yeah, it's beautiful. Like the silence is deafening. They know, they know what what the deal is in this series. And, and in fairness, like you know, the Bulls folks I follow did the pod with Jason and Ricky beforehand. They knew all along, and certainly the the Bulls, thanks to some horrible play from the Bucks and some strong play from the Bulls early, you know, gave themselves some life. Certainly, going into Chicago, it seemed like they had a real shot to at least make this thing interesting. And then the Bucks kind of just remembered who they are, and you know, we have to talk about. I, I mean, Grayson, there's only so much you can say. Like he's just been so good, and the key obviously is going to be you hope you can get Chris back sometimes, sometime in the next round. 
How can we keep some form of this grace? And hopefully, you know, seeing all this, the Bucks can figure out ways to really continue to exemplify or to uh, amplify his touches. But Bobby Portis, starting at the three, two games in a row, has just been great. And this one, you know, offensively, he was good. I wouldn't say he was great. Six for 12 from the field, one for four from deep, one for three from free throw. He hit some big shots early. Honestly, I don't know how much he really scored after the first quarter. But again, 10 rebounds, one assist, good defense with him on the court, bothering the Bulls. The Bucks win his minutes by a lot. Bobby has just been like really, really dependable. And that's not something that, you know, we would have ever expected early after he was signed before last season. But Bobby is is an indispensable buck now, and he's really been huge in these two games. He really has just the way he's able to step up. This team always emphasize, well, every team, it's just a basketball cliche at this point of next man up mentality. Bobby's the type of guy that honestly embodies that more than any other NBA player because he set out this, like they keep talking about it on the broadcast, but he set out goals for beginning of the season. Oh, I want to be sixth man of the year. Like he's accepting like, oh yeah, I'm coming back to this franchise on a much like on a pay cut. And I'm not going to start. I don't want to start. I want to be out there and prove myself in my role. Obviously, couldn't happen because he has to be a starter. But even though he goes back to being a bench player, it's just perfect. And now he's back as a starter. And now he's still bringing that same mentality. It's just, it's perfect. It's perfect. It's Bucks culture at its finest. Bobby Portis. Is Bobby Portis Bucks culture? Yeah. I think probably the, if not the strongest example right up there. I mean, we've talked about, you know, our pod with Chase Buford, I think we dove into this a lot, and it all comes from Giannis. But I think Bobby is probably the most outward representation of just, you know, trying to lock in on defense, even players who aren't known for that. He and Grayson both having strong defensive series has to feel good for, you know, not just Bud, but the whole Bucks coaching staff and player development staff, because that's obviously what they needed to work on with these guys. I mean, Grayson and Bobby both came in as excellent offensive players, and they've gotten better there. But defensively, they've been better than I think anyone around the league is really used to seeing. Um, but Bobby, I think, yeah, is, is certainly the most outward just because the Bucks are so clamshelled and, and quiet as a team. I think he's the most out there and obvious, you know, representation or, or icon of Bucks culture for sure. For sure. Um, and I think that's why Milwaukee loves him, right? Like he's everything that a Midwestern city or, or fan base is going to love. A guy who's good, super fun, full of energy, the lunch pail guy, back-to-back double-digit rebound games for Bobby Portis. And I, people don't really use the word humble with him, but that is humility, right? Is saying, I'm glad to come off the bench. Brooke is the starter. I want to play my role. I'm going to do whatever coach asks me. Like that's – people love that kind of I, – I know I said Midwestern. I think every sports fan loves that attitude, but especially – I don't know. I just feel like he has such a connection with the city and – I think, yeah, that that ties in with Bucks culture in a big way. Plus, he had that little dust-up with uh, Zach Levine there at the end. Oh, man. The Chicago fans, Chicago fans chanting, Bobby sucks, egging them on, <laughs> pointing to the ring finger. Just, it doesn't get any better than that. Do you that know? Is, how, it's so good. How down bad you are as a fan base if the guy who got you your last rings owns a team now? Do you know how far from your playing days you have to be to own another team? He's a primary owner. It takes so long to do that. Like, 
No one has earned a ring in Chicago since then, the 90s. Bobby Porter's pointing at his – just like what a beautiful send-off to such a hated city in Milwaukee sports lore. Yeah, it is a perfect send-off because that's the last time we're seeing United Center oh, for yeah. the season. <laughs> yeah, that's the last time The last time they can watch basketball up close unless they want to drive back after another humiliating loss from Milwaukee again. In which case, you know, fine, go ahead. Pay go your ahead. dumb tolls to watch your team lose some more. Exactly. Just, you know, have fun. You know, enjoy the drive. Enjoy being sad. Uh, just don't get into any fights. Yeah. That's all we ask. Listen to the Eurostep hatefully on the way down. Yeah. That we we our pod specifically we just we encourage that it's happened yeah. a lot of times before we encourage it. Yeah, welcome if you're a, a Bulls fan. Make sure you leave a five star rating. Nothing against you personally, but a, as no. an aggregate, we're not a huge fan of your team, your fan base. Nikola Vucevic, who do you know? Vuce has played three minutes past the first round in his career. He's made it out of the first round. Not really. It's 2012 when he was on the Sixers. He was on the Sixers? Yeah, rookie year only, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And those are the last three minutes he's going to see if he keeps falling over like a bowling pin whenever Giannis or a true big man in this league is going after him. I don't want to hear about Vooch's improved defense anymore. No, that's cooked. That's cooked. That's done. I think that was a, it was a regular season thing. He did improve, but it's still not good. He's cooked product as a whole. Yeah, it's kind of sad to watch because you see a guy like Brooke Lopez who just thrives as his career gets older, and then you see Vooch who's just like become a shell of himself, even though he's younger. Brooke had just two depressing. points, and he dominated in his minutes. He wouldn't have scored if not for a super sick lob really late in the fourth quarter that the game didn't matter anymore. It was sick, though, from Drew to, to Brooke. But he dominated the paint so much. I think he was plus 11 before he scored. And it's just like the Bulls had no offense within 10, 15 feet of the rim when he was on the court. And it's just great. I mean, we say this every pod that he that he plays well, but it's just great to see that Brook back. I mean, that's going to be crucial for the Bucks going forward. Even if his shots aren't falling, like he's clearly able to impact these games. And, you know, the rebounding numbers, the scoring numbers, they're always going to lie when it comes to what Brook can do. But watching these games, like he's been unbelievable. So good. So good at walling off the paint. So good at deterring shots. So good at reading space, playing space well. He's had a couple block shots on guys like Tamar and Zach Levine out the dribble. You can't get past him. You can't really score out over him. He's just so good. He's so perfect. He's such a perfect rim protector, a perfect fit next to Giannis. And it helps that the Bucks, like we talked about in the playoff preview, multiple playoff previews, they just have so many different looks they can throw at you. Even if Brooke Lopez, who struggled with fouls tonight, he got five fouls. He had four in the third quarter, I believe. Or he got his fifth in the third? Yeah, I think four and five were like right after each other, um, getting getting tangled up with the smalls and, and drawing them. Yeah, but they still have so many looks to go to, like Brooke and, or excuse me, Bobby and Giannis, just Giannis at center. And it's just, this Bucks team is so good. This is so good. I think we we lost sight of that after the first two games. But this team is so good. And Chris Middleton getting hurt, obviously. But they're so deep. They have so many different looks they can throw at you. It's going to be a bloodbath in game five. There's an uncomfortable conversation we should probably have. But first, let's talk about Giannis. Who, one thing in particular about Giannis, who led the game with 32 points, led the game with 17 rebounds. Did he lead the game? With, oh, no. Levine had a ton of assists. But he had seven assists as well. Two blocks. Four turnovers. Four fouls. Giannis shoots 11 for 22 from the field, one for three from deep, 
9 for 12 from free throw. No further comments on that. Um, but really, in the second half, just dominated this game. He absolutely took over. And I think what stood out to me the most, he did everything really well. And I thought defensively, he had one that he didn't get credited for. He, it should have been a block um, after a foul, but they called it a goaltend. That was super clean. Um, his footwork when he's attacking the rim, he drew those offensive fouls. And then he would like full speed charge, stop on a dime, spin through two guys, get right to the basket. Like I felt like his footwork is better than we've ever seen it. And I know we've talked a lot about the various ways Giannis improves year over year. And this year, I think a lot of focus on the playmaking, the mid-range shot, the three-point shot to a lesser extent. But to me, the footwork was like, oh my God, like if he's going to be able to move like this, and go from full speed to stop to spin with that much control, then there's really no guarding him because that takes away all those cheap fouls that teams try to pick up. Like, you can't do that if he just stops in front of you and you're falling over like an idiot, which did happen in this game a few times. And then he just gets to dunk and it's awesome. But what stood out to you about Giannis's game today? I think you hit it with the footwork. It just looks so controlled. I think that's the that's a good way to put it. It's just he was in perfect control of this game. He was in perfect control of the flow. There were stretches in which, like, uh, in the third quarter, the Bulls cut it to a single-digit lead. Giannis comes back, and he's like, okay, we're, we're done with this. We have a sequence where Giannis is a tough runner. He goes on the other end, blocks the Zach Levine shot, comes down, navigates through traffic, kicks no-look kick out to Grayson Allen for a wide-open three. Oh, yeah, by the way, the Bucs have a, a double-digit lead again. <laughs> and it's just all happens within like a 30 to 40-second sequence. And you realize, oh, yeah, this guy is in perfect control of every aspect of the game of basketball. He knows where to pick his spots. He knows how to attack every sort of defensive look. He knows how to defend every single offensive look that the other team will throw at them. Just just dominance, just utter dominance. He's the best player in the world. There's no debate. Yeah, remember when everyone was talking about how, you know, despite what Giannis has done in the past, I'd still take LeBron or KD in the playoffs over him. Can How's one of those going? guys win a playoff game before How's we talk going? about taking them over Giannis? One game? One Jokic? One game? Can we win one game before we talk about who's better than Giannis in the playoffs? I thought that was the point, No. To win? You would think you would think so. You would really think so, but uh, apparently not. I'm just, you know, hey, Jokic, KD, LeBron. I mean, LeBron's not going to help, but hopefully one of those other two guys can get one – cobble together one win before – Jokic might be done before we finish recording this podcast. But KD still has a shot. Good luck. Giannis Please is the best actually. in the world. What? Please, Please win a game, KD. <laughs> yeah, it would be nice. It would be really helpful if you could get Please one. Please win like three games. I, I, I don't, we can't go too deep into it because this is a Bucks podcast and the Nets aren't a playoff team for long. But what the hell? This is bad. It's not bad for oh, – it is bad for us because we could use some more games to get Chris healthy. But I'm kind of more regretful than ever that the Bucks didn't go out and try to win that last game. Yeah. I'm not going to lose sleep. I mean you don't get any injuries, of course, everything else. But God, the Nets stink, dude. They're so bad. They, they're shooting themselves in the foot, just like the Bucks do, usually. Yeah. Did you see uh, in yesterday's game where Andre Drummond just tried to do a tip pass that just resulted in turnover? He's do you know so what I'm talking bad. about? He's, he's the best terrible player in the league. Yeah. Or he's is he the worst good player? No. I'd never call him good. It's it's like what it what Russ said about... He's, like, he's a two-time Bev. All-Star. I, well, yeah. He's a franchise player once. It's like what... 
Russ said about Pat Bev, not that just running around, but he tricks you. He tricks everyone. He has those moments and the counting stats. If you play him enough, like he's going to average like 15 and 15. And you're just like, well, if he averages 15 and 15, he's got to be pretty good. He's not. He stinks. He's bad. He doesn't help you win games. And the Nets still start him because Steve Nash is a vibes coach. Steve Nash is going to go. Is he going to retire after this? Season? He should just go be a soccer fan again for sure. That's got to be more That's what he wanted to do. I don't know what the Nets paid him to come and coach this team because Katie and Kyrie wanted him. Yeah. But I don't think he likes it. He likes soccer more. I don't know if he does anything. He's probably just like he's he's in the he's in the huddle and he's like, oh, my God, guys. And they're like, yeah, coach, we're down. And he's like, no, PSG just fired their coach. That's what I'm talking about. What's going on here? What's happening? KD, Kyrie, you guys just want to like do the thing again? or Can you guys put the ball in the basket? Please? Yeah, I, like... I, I got my secret play I got from Scott Brooks. I don't know why it's not working. Um, what, a, what a clown show. Um, but yeah, I think the Bucks. let's have the Chris Middleton combo. That's what I was referencing before. You know, I, I don't think Chris Middleton makes the team worse, despite the fact that they've been way better since he got hurt. Obviously, I think losing that game was kind of a wake-up call, and, and they've just played a lot differently. I will say I think there was something to what Adam said on the last pod about how Bobby, even though he's not a terrific defender, like just bringing more energy, more lateral movement on defense has helped the Bucks a little bit. And I do think like when Chris does return, I think defensively he's just going to need Chris to do more, which is going to be tough considering he's not going to be probably fully mobile. Offensively, I almost wonder if this is a little bit of evidence. And I don't think you should take two wins over the Bulls to mean too much of anything. But is it a little bit of evidence that we should take the ball out of Chris's hands a little bit more and get Chris off the ball? Still taking shots, a lot of shots, but – do we have the ball in Chris's hands too much? See, the problem with that is the way that Chris gets into a rhythm is by having the ball in his hands and like going at his own pace. Yeah. Which is necessary for him to move off ball a little bit. But this is, I think we had the same, a uh, similar conversation last year when we were talking in terms of late game. Yeah. Late game. It was, might have been with our uh, Spinsters collab, might have been with that. Yeah, I think it was. It's just like, who do you want the ball? Who want who should have the ball in late game situations? I think Chris is third on the list now. Yeah, third? I have a new answer. It's Giannis. Yeah, it's Giannis. It was Drew for a long time, but now it's Giannis. Like, let everyone else do figure out figure out what you do. Uh, as I think you should leave Skit said to Chunky. Figure out what you do around Giannis, but it's Giannis now. Like, let's put this whole Superman Batman combo out to pasture. It's irrelevant. Like, he should have the ball in his hands now. Yeah, can we just, like, why Why does it have to be Batman and Robin, too? Why? Can it be, like, Batman and Nightwing? Uh, it should be, like, Batman and Thanos. I guess Thanos loses. Captain Marvel? Doctor Strange? Whoever the most powerful one is, that one's Giannis. You can't, you can't do DC and Marvel. I can do whatever I want. Not according to copyright laws. <laughs> 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 well, I'm not actually going to make the movie. It's just an analogy. Okay. Just want to clear that up for uh, <laughs> our lawyers. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's Giannis. It's, it's clearer than ever. It's just, it's Giannis. And end of discussion. Is that the uncomfortable Chris Middleton conversation? I think just the whole, the fact that they've looked so much better now. 
I don't see. Yeah, they they have looked better, but it's not like it's a correlation. It's not causation thing. I, I, not all of it. No, not all of it is. I do think his defense has been really bad. It has. Like out of the guy, they played eight guys tonight. They're clearly only going to play eight. I think I don't think Serge is going to play much at all. He had two nice dunks in garbage time. I, I don't think they're going to. I was surprised he got up for those. I. He's, Got He's a, so cooked. Yeah. I, again, if they, I mean, I was if they see the Sixers, but now Embiid is playing through a fully torn ligament. And I shouldn't say fully torn, but like a torn, not a sprain, a torn ligament in his thumb. That sounds horrible. That sounds yeah. like absolute, like terrible experience. Still going, still have to play against the Raptors and then maybe the Heat. Pretty, pretty confidently. They, well, now Lowry's hurt too. The East is – the NBA really is unfortunately at an injury bloodbath right now. But is Chris – what happens after you play 82 games again. Yeah. Is out of this current – how everyone's playing the last time we saw them. Eight guys play tonight. Bobby, Giannis, Brooke, West, Drew, Javon, Grayson, Pat. Is Chris worse than all of them defensively? This, this year's version of Chris and what we've seen so far – it's at least a convo, which is really sad. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he might be. Like, that's tough. And I don't think he's like an outward liability or would be in a seven game series, but there were times when he was. And that's like a, that's a, a it's not great. Um, I just I, I want to point something out real quick. I, I that weird noise I just made. Yeah. Uh, Zoom thought I was playing music and wanted me to change my audio settings. <laughs> Pitch Perfect three starring Rohan. Wait, have they made three already? Four. Pitch Perfect four starring Rohan. I don't know how many they made. I hope Anna Kendrick is in this one with you. Is all I know. But you know, maybe not the worst, but certainly not top half. And I just think like. I don't know. Hopefully this whole thing is overblown and they can acclimate Chris and get him into this higher gear box that we've been seeing and he fits right into it. I, you know, I don't think they're better without him. I don't think that's a declarative statement. I think they're going to be really glad to get him back. But I, I do think, you know, offensively, the turnovers, which have been up and down. Defensively, though, I, he's going to need to step up, I think, because that's that's how the Bucks have made their hay in these blowouts. I mean, they hold the Bulls to 59 through three quarters in game three and under 80 through three quarters uh, in this game and under 100 on the night. Like, they have absolutely clamped down on Chicago, and that's that's what really has left the Bulls without hope. I mean, the Bucks' offense, there's some really great sequences. There's still some cold spells and turnovers and everything else. But Milwaukee's defense is just like – out of this world. I think Giannis is playing much better defensively than we've seen in a while. I think he's really stepped up. Bobby Portis on the glass. All of the guards have been doing great work on that end. So, yeah, I just think it's going to help to get Chris back. You're going to hope he can get back as soon as possible, his his optimistic timeline. But, you know, I think he's going to need to step up defensively to fit in with what the Bucks are doing right now. Yeah, and especially, like, the weakest link is definitely Grayson Allen defensively. And even he he has active hands. Uh, like you mentioned, he had three steals earlier. Because, like, he'll he'll get blown by. He'll get, like, bullied. But at least, like, on the initial catch, he'll try to just, like, dislodge the ball and, like, create fast break opportunity. I think it was you who mentioned it on the last, uh, on the last pod. It's just, like, yeah. creating those opportunities where the offense now has to play defense and they have their backs turned. 
like Grayson creates those opportunities. Chris, Chris isn't doing that. I don't want to hate on Chris. No, like, no, I think we're, I mean, we're, all, we're not hating on Chris. All of just the energy clear. should be get well soon, Chris. I'm yes, seeing absolutely. much. The Bucks are not going to realize their full potential without Chris Middleton. No, and I'm seeing much un, more unkind to Chris than what we're saying here sentiments. And that's why I wanted to talk about it is because it is becoming, especially among those who were already low on Chris going into the playoffs, it's becoming more of a sentiment. I don't think they're better without him. I do think he's going to have to step up defensively and with some of these turnovers, which I think is something Drew Holiday also had to do. And he only had two turnovers in this game as opposed to seven assists. Also, 26 points. Drew finally found his shot. 10 for 21 from the field. 5 for 8 from 3. Really just showed up and dominated the way we're used to seeing in the regular season. This was definitely a breath of fresh air game from Drew, who overall before this in the series had been relatively quiet. Although game three was better, we had not seen an outburst like this. And because of that, he is tied with Grayson for leading the Bucks in plus minus. They won his 37 minutes by 23 points. Drew absolutely had the, the Bulls in a stranglehold. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Just, just dominant. Just the, the way he navigates screens is just incredible. Just dominant defense, but also like offensively, obviously. Just his step back is so money. It's so money. That three, that pull up three he took in transition was one of the most audacious shots I've seen from Drew Holiday this season. And like the entire team knew it was cash as yeah. soon as it left his hands, which is just perfect. Also, before I forget, the Bucks benched energy has just been outrageous. Yeah. It's been so good. It's Chris been it's has, been a Chris has been providing a good amount, but I mean, we know what TA brings there. We did Lindell. Lindell, Lindell has good. been one of the he's one of he's been one of the better guys. He's always on his feet the entire time. Mamu's, Mamu's out there, really George good. Hill's out there. Just oh my goodness, the energy is electric. Uh Javon Carter when he's not playing, when he's got the hoodie on, and he's, he's locked in. It he up. is so locked into the game. It's it's incredible, incredible. But the Bucks energy has been fantastic. But no, Drew Holiday, 
absolutely electric performance tonight. This I, afternoon, not even tonight. I know. It's 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 tough to keep that square. I actually thought this was one of Javon's worst games with the Bucks in a while. Just overall, defense was fine. He he the, every buck got called for some ticky tack fouls defensively. Drew was pissed this game because he got two pretty early and ends up with four total. But Javon had a couple of turnovers. One was pre- got his pocket picked in transition, kind of tough. Uh, he did hit a three, which was nice to see. He missed both of his twos. It wasn't a terrible game by any means. Just kind of a just kind of a mad game for Javon. But we're going to be seeing a lot more of him. We got a pretty pessimistic update on George Hill before the game. I don't know if you saw this. I believe a uh, friend of the show hasn't been on yet. We'll have to rectify that. Jim Ozarski was the one who tweeted that he is not day-to-day. He is out for longer than days uh, with this abdominal injury. It's just looking tough for George Hill. Not sure if we'll see him again this postseason. But, you know, as as high as we are on Javon, as much as we wanted to see him in the playoff rotation, this is not the way, of course, that we wanted to see him stepping in for George Hill. And, and it sucks to be down another buck, someone who's fought so hard to get back to the playoffs and, and go on another run. Uh, so hopefully George Hill is able to recover and get back. But um, Javon is, is going to be a crucial piece. And I think he's... He's clearly shown he can play in the playoffs, even if he hasn't been really great in any game. And it wouldn't surprise me if we saw a nice outburst from him scoring-wise game five because he is getting open. Um, but he's certainly going to have to be relied upon. And, you know, he's one of the eight guys who plays in 21 more minutes tonight. Or Now I did it too. Today for Javon Carter. Yeah, Javon Carter just, I don't know, a lot of the times when he was out there, like, Sometimes it was without Drew Holiday and relying on him being a primary guard is just yeah. it's a little much to ask for. But I thought he had better lineups when he was out there with Drew Holiday. Just the tough part is he has to be those minutes when Drew's not on the floor because what's the other option? Well, you don't really have. I think we did find it though. It's Grayson, and I think the, the lineups, the, the lineups when they did that, that like the minutes, I should say that it actually worked. Like Javon brings the ball up and basically just sets up Grayson and lets Grayson and sometimes Bobby like. They had some minutes without Drew Rianis that actually worked earlier in the game. Like there was a minute or two either at the end of the first or second, I think. I think it was end of the – I don't remember now. But it was like Grayson and Bobby and just like they were able to do enough. And that's a big deal if – especially in the games before Chris can return. If you can buy two minutes here, 90 seconds there and get both Drew and Giannis some rest and not be like totally lost offensively. That's a big deal, and that's why Bobby being able to basically size up anyone and get a solid shot is big. And again, the way Grayson's been playing. But I agree. I think it shouldn't be like Javon go generate offense. I think it should be like, you know, he's good at entry passes. Like, Javon, go get the ball to Bobby in the post, right? Or, or go go do a dribble handoff with Grayson and then space off of him. Like, that stuff is fine. But yeah, sometimes he was doing a bit, asked to do a bit too much, and it is. It's not. He's not a traditional floor general point guard. He's got really good decision-making, but he's more of a, as we said last pod, like Delhi-style off-of-actions guard. And then defensively, he just wreaks havoc. Did I what, – what was wrong with Luca? Did I he had a this? non-COVID illness. Shame. Sucks. Shame. Because he, he's, he's a floor general point guard for sure. <sighs> he's fun, dude. He's so fun. I didn't get a chance to talk about him. You guys, Adam especially, had some fun oh, talking yeah. about him. But just is he he's the is he the best passer on the team? He's certainly the flashiest. I I when's the last time the Bucks had a flashy passer? Brandon Jennings? Oh no, you know who I was actually gonna say? Kendall uh Kendall Marshall. 
Oh, Kendall Marshall. K -Butter. Yeah. He reminds me of K-Butter. If he can defend like K-Butter, we've really got something. Like that year before he had that serious injury, I was like, wow, he's actually really Adam good. Adam was there. Yeah. Sad. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't think he's going to defend like K-Butter. The shooting is probably going to be the swing skill for Vildoza. But yeah, I think, you know, I, I want to see at some point, probably won't be in the playoffs. I want to see him play with Giannis. Imagine what he could do to set up Giannis. Oh my goodness! Just the, the like the confusion that he creates. Just it, just the absolute audacity. I can't believe I'm talking about Game Three on this, <laughs> but the absolute audacity of his passes in his first NBA minutes. In just the incredible. The stones on that dude is just outrageous. The one to TA was just electric. <laughs> TA needs yeah. that really bad. Oh my goodness! Uh, but he also had between the legs uh, sort of dump off to Serge. You missed the layup, I think. Yeah. But oh, oh my goodness! I, I couldn't fun. get through this pod without talking about Luca. We had to. That's why I hate missing pods. I know. I, I feel you. Uh, but I think we're almost. I mean, Pat, again, another fine game. I would like to see. You know what? My game five wish list, pretty high up there. I want to see Pat have like a, a five for eight game from three or something, and really just like put to rest. I mean, he's you know one for three from deep. His one-two, I will say, was a very nice take. I don't know if you caught it. It was a the really, yeah. Got Hezzy to the drive and the lane. In. Ooh, yeah. I didn't know Pat had that in him. Well, he, we talked about his finishing earlier, but it wasn't like that. It was just like you know, find a lane, get to the rim, lay it in. But it's good to Not see like that. Not like create off the bounce for yourself. That was just Grayson's rubbing off on him. He is just the. I'm not going to say anything. Um, <laughs> But uh, no, Pat, that would be a great thing to see in game five. Just him getting ready to go for a potential tough series next yeah, round. Yeah. But um, the one guy we haven't talked about, Wes, I thought just had a, a really solid West game again. I think he also was victim to some of the touch fouls being called. Was glad to see him hit two threes late. You know, they didn't need it, certainly. But it, it's nice to see him end up going two for five from deep after a slow start because that is going to be big in in, in the next round and, and all other rounds of getting offense and shot making from everyone. And especially the way Giannis is playing, like the guys around him need to stay ready to shoot because teams know that nobody's guarding Giannis one-on-one -on -one over the course of a game or series. So seeing West get a little hot again was nice and, and hopefully, you know, he doesn't need more than a couple points a game, quite honestly. Even if he continues to start, you can have seven points from Wes, and that's totally fine because he takes five shots and makes three of them or whatever it is. But it was nice to see him drain a couple of threes and, and get in with everybody else. Who The Bucks were a sniper team, even though it was really only Drew and Grayson, uh, but they shot 51% from three. The Bulls shot 25%. It's so nice to have a positive shooting game go your way. Oh, yeah. Like, is this what it feels like for every opponent that plays the Bucks? It must be. Just, oh, just so good. Especially when you just come out super hot like they did today. And they'd come out like in game three, just back-to-back -back games where you're just starting out super hot from deep. That's got it. That's got to just energize your team. Oh, yeah. And I think, again, it's it's hard. I know there's a couple of days off that, that can work against this, but... I do think that energy is going to carry into game five, and we're going to see uh, a couple, another couple master classes. We don't just get one master class per playoff game anymore. We get a couple. We had Drew go in, obviously Grayson, and then Giannis, really. And it would not surprise me if we saw another third quarter on Wednesday, 
where Giannis just says, yeah, the series is over. I'm, I'm going to take a couple days off, get ready for this next round, which is certainly going to be a challenge. You think the, the Bulls might do that. What? Just to say, oh, the series is over. They might just like start Tristan Thompson. <sighs> that guy sucks, man. He's so bad. On, off the court, everything terrible, awful. Literally everything about him is not good. His gift game is the only thing. His gift game? He has a gift game? Have you seen the Kardashians gif or the clip? I guess it was oh, a clip, yeah, not yeah. a gif. Yeah, I've seen that clip. That that's clip it. is elite. Yeah, that's, that's so it's good. It's a good clip. It's a good clip. Nothing else is but good. But it's, it's because Tristan Thompson's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, yeah, <laughs> the, the Bulls are not good. Uh, they're not deep. AO is, is pretty good. Kobe White was really bad in this game. Patrick Williams, I cannot believe he was 7 for 13. The Bucks guard him like he's 7 for 100 in this series. I mean, he finally hit some threes. He had like, what, 12 straight misses from deep before yeah, tonight? Yeah, he's three for six and tonight. Three for six today. That's like, that's a hot shooting night. Oh, my God, Patrick Williams is a third of the Bulls threes. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> they own, oh, my goodness, that's terrible. And Derek Jones Jr. and AO were another third. That's so bad. I, I will never understand. DeMar will take a shot with his big toe on the arc. Cash, 0 for 5 on actual threes. I don't get it. I don't I get don't it. I don't understand. It makes no sense. They're like the same distance away. I think it's because he just dribbles. It's it's a, it's a rhythm thing. Like he dribbles into it rather than a catch and shoot. Just dribble into the threes, my guy. I feel like even when he does that, it's like brick city. Just, it's just weird. Just start, start your move from half court. And then just go into your normal shooting motion. The, he should. The Bucks definitely have picked up on it. Like they're not concerned. Like they're they're, they're like we'll meet you five steps within the arc. Like we're not going to close out that strong. Pat got got a couple times, but the other guys are just like, yeah, Demar. We know you're not going to you're not going to shoot it or you're not going to make it. It's it'll never not be bizarre to me that a guy with that kind of touch touch just cannot consistently make threes at all. It's just weird. It, do, it it breaks my brain. It's had a not decade. Yeah, to I feel bad. Four feet back. Well, that's a lot. Four feet's a lot. I think it's a foot. Is this like a foot? <laughs> I think so. Like four of those? It's not that bad. <laughs> um, now that we're figuring out imperial measurements, uh, well, I guess we'll crutch it out. Before, before we wrap up here. What else would be on your game five wish? Obviously, finishing the series, finishing um, the injury, uh, finishing oh god, finishing the series. No one gets injured. Yeah, obviously. Um, Pat Connaughton uh, going nuclear. Grayson Allen putting up fifty. Uh, I was gonna say maybe now I, I misspoke it into existence. Maybe he'll outscore all the Bulls in this game. Yeah, imagine if Grayson Allen breaks Wilt's record against the Bulls. Um, like Kobe's got sixty-two through three quarters. Yeah. <laughs> if he does that, just build the statue. I tweeted this. What I, I want to know your thoughts. I saw you retweeted it. But rafters? Rafters game? If he plays like this and they win a ring, absolutely. No question. I'm not That's there yet. I, we, need, we need to see it in bigger rounds. Oh, I mean, for sure. For sure. For sure. We need to keep it up. Yeah, we need to Forbes rafters bound. But he's on he's the trajectory on for sure. He's on pace. I mean, here, here's the narrative. He plays well all throughout the playoffs, and he's extra impactful as Chris is out. And and that get that buys them enough time to get Chris back 
Chris gets hot when he gets back and they go win. And then Grayson goes from 25 a game to like 15 a game, but he's still good off the bench. That's a rafters bound postseason for And sure. then, oh, and I, I'm not done yet. There no. it is, not finished. Okay. So get the ring. Then he cements himself back into the starting lineup next season. Becomes an all star. Oh, my God. Yeah, so uh, we're, we're taking <laughs> some leaps here. Yeah. <laughs> Becomes an all star. Develops his off the dribble game. He is now a apex wing in this league. Now he's on a 10 million year contract. And the Bucks just go out. They make some massive trade for a disgruntled superstar, a.k.a. Nikola Jokic. And the Bucks now have four all-stars <laughs> caliber players. They get, Imagine the starting five of Drew Holiday, Grayson Allen, who's now an apex wing, Chris Middleton, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Nikola Jokic. <laughs> this is such a crackhead fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is like the deep, deep, uh, like corners of my mention stuff right here. <laughs> I love the universe where they get Jokic with only trading Brooke and I don't know what other salary, but sure. I mean, I'll, I'll, you can sign me up for that. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'm down. It works. It works because uh, contracts get restructured. It's like the NFL. <laughs> Jokic just says, yeah, I'm actually a $5 million player this year. Yeah, but there's like a $30 million signing bonus. Yeah, yeah. We, we push, there's a couple void years. Yeah, I don't even know what a void year is. Ponzi scheme that the Saints do. Okay, that's what I figured. So it they works. can pay Jason Hill, right? Let's not. Let's not. Let's not. Um, we were having such a good podcast. and then Anything else? Um. I think I got what I needed to say out of the way. What is, what's on your wish list? What's your official wish list? Um, I certainly do want them to win. And I do think it's almost a conversation because obviously the series goes longer. You get more time for Chris back. You're not worried about losing the series at all at this point. But I don't want to lose another home game. Honestly, this whole postseason, but certainly not to the damn Bulls. So I want the win. I want the series to be over. I want the Bucks to send the Bulls out pretty sad. Uh, certainly want to see Pat get hot because he's the real, pretty much the only guy who I think is going to be very important, who we haven't seen have like an outstanding game yet. So I think let him get hot from three. Then you really go into the next round with about as much confidence as you can have. And I think I'd like to see another, another strong Drew Holiday scoring game. Give him too some momentum he can carry against Boston because obviously he is going to be very, very important in that series, going up against the DPOI, Marcus Smart. How do you feel about that? I think it's fine. I think it's fine? I'm not fired up. They're the best defense in the league. They credit him as their defensive guy. He's, he wasn't, though. It was Robert Williams. I, it's, the Celtics say that. And Robert Williams I, got hurt. And the Celtics say that he was... Well, he got hurt late. Their engine. Yeah. I don't know. I think it was a... They, the Celtics bought that DPOI. I mean... Some more teams should have scored against them if they didn't want a Celtic winning DPOI. I'm just saying, like it was just a it was a narrative vote. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what happens when like was there a clear favorite or like someone should have? I don't know. I I would have given it to Rudy. Why though? Or Giannis? It's maybe, but the Bucks defense wasn't good. Is the problem? But he's good. Well, yeah, he's good, but. 
It's not defensive best defensive team of the year plus we'll single out a player award. Yeah, but are you the best defensive player of the year if your defense is kind of mid? You can be. You can be. I, I don't know. I would have been happy if Giannis won, but I, I wasn't I wasn't really gonna bang the drum. I didn't I didn't think it was a great case. I thought he had a good year. I didn't think he had like if he steps in with Brooke out, change positions. I know, and if he had done that and led the Bucks to a great defense and they were a better team, then I think he has a great case. I think they they really struggled with Brooke out, which is is understandable. But you know they, their defense just wasn't very good, so I I kind of got why he didn't win. I don't care about Rudy Gobert. No one cares about the, the Jazz. Suddenly have life again somehow, but no one cared about them this season. I can't it, believe they won when Luca came back. It's really weird. I was ready lost to, when Luca's not there. I was really ready to be done with Don and Rudy forever, and I'm kind of sad that I have to endure more of them now. But if Mikhail won, I wouldn't have been mad at that either. I think Mikhail Bridges rocks. Everyone says, oh, it should be a big man. Big men do more. But I just I don't know what big man this season was really moving. I guess Robert Williams. I wouldn't have been yeah. mad if he won either. I would, yeah. I would have been fine with Robert Williams rather than uh, – Marcus. Yeah. I mean, I, I also just it. don't like Marcus Smart. Yeah, I, no, I don't either. I would love him if he was a buck, but I certainly don't, I don't like yeah, him I don't know. on the Celtics. It's just such a, such a flopper. I hate floppers. Yeah. I, like I get that. When the Bucks flop, I get upset. I don't when it works. Like when Bobby in this game flopped on a Zach Levine transition opportunity. Do you know what I'm talking about? I might have missed that one. He, Zach Levine like pushed off a little. Bobby went flying down the court as he's falling down. Zach the, bricked an open three. Oh, see, if it doesn't get the call, I don't like it. But if it gets the call, and I think this is how every fan base probably justifies it, it's like, well, everyone else does this. We need two, too. The ends justify the means. I just, I just don't like flopping. No, I don't either. I would like prefer play they basketball. don't. I would prefer they don't. Yeah. Play basketball. Don't I was going in on Vooch earlier because he made me sick. Just just makes me sick. It's so worse when it's a big man. Yeah. Like, come on. You're 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 a massive dude. Just just stand there. Be Brooke Lopez. Three minutes in the second round. Three Top. too many, some would say. I think three is gonna be his uh I think he's gonna top out at three. Yeah, I think they might try to get rid of him after this. Who's gonna take him? Jazz. Oh my god. <laughs> Rudy for Rudy for Vooch. The salaries don't match, but are they that far off? Bro, Rudy's on a supermax. <laughs> Whoa, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! How did I miss? They gave him the full supermax. I'm pretty sure. No way. I don't think they did. He's gonna be making like fifty. Oh my god! Yeah. Five years, two hundred five million. Yeah. Wow. Only $38 million next year. Only. only in in 2025-2026, Rudy Gobert is going to be making $47 million. Only if he opts into it. Maybe he'll have a better offer at that point. Yeah, so the salaries do not match. <laughs> Ooh, buddy. I mean, there's still teams that should and will go get him if, if the Jazz want to move on. Yeah, Charlotte. Charlotte would be a fun bit. Atlanta would be fun. People say Toronto, but where's the salary coming from? I don't know. Like, who are they really going to give up two of like OG and and Trent or something? I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. I think it's Charlotte or Atlanta. Yeah. Especially because like Clint Capella. 
he's he's their lob threat. He's their like baby Gobert. Yeah, but he's like six nine. Yeah, I, I think Gobert would help Atlanta or Charlotte quite a bit. And you have like he's a like, mid center you can throw in. Yeah, I wonder like, who else. I think Charlotte would be perfect because they have Trez. Oh yeah. Would they have to throw in Hayward to make the money work? Yeah. Uh, if I'm Utah, I'm not excited about that. Are you kidding me? Utah would be excited about that. I don't know if the Jazz would be. No, they, remember he left, though. I don't know. I think they'd be excited about it. If there's one time to make an exception for being spurned because a guy left, this would be quite the reason why, but I don't know. Also, he can't play games anymore. Yeah. It's kind of an issue. Oh, well. Yeah, back to the Bucks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about Rudy Gobert trades now, like anyone cares. The Bucks look good, and they can wrap up the they series. Do. Real quick, what's your optimism level for Boston now? I think we were all very down in the dumps after game two. Boston's quite good. They've got I'm, KD in absolute shambles right now. I'm scared. I feel pretty good. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Well, the thing is, is like Brooklyn is currently beating themselves. That sounds weird. Uh, but they're just – They suck. Like, yeah. It's like so the Warriors. I don't know what like, to take away from Boston. Exactly. Like the Warriors look really good right now. Let's see them play a team with more than one plus player on the roster. Yeah. And I think Boston deserves a lot of credit for what they're doing to KD for sure. I think KD has worn the hell out because – and we've talked about this all season. They have to play him 44 minutes against the Hawks to lose because they suck. They're so bad. So – you know, I certainly don't think the Bucks are going to get dominated. It might look like that early, both with Chris out and because the early series Bucks are the early series Bucks are you, the late series Bucks are who she tells you not to worry about. I don't know why, but that's that's just been the trend. Uh, but I'm going to hang in there. I think Giannis is the best player in the world, and and I think I think these guys around him are ready. I wasn't all the way sure about all of them, but I think all the guys who are playing now are totally ready and. Having eight, nine when Chris comes back, guys who are you trust and who are ready, that's a pretty big deal in the postseason. It really is. Also, the Warriors are currently down 17 to the Nuggets. Oh, wow. Jokic might yeah, get Bones. a win. Ah, I, wouldn't, I, I still think the Warriors win this game. but Bones Island is currently going nuts. Oh, Steph but, is cold. Uh, Why are they still bringing Steph off the bench? Minutes restriction? Be safe? It's, it's so weird. They're up 3-0. Yeah, I mean, he's trying to make a late push for six man of the year. <laughs> you can just play him less as a starter. Uh, shout out to Bones Highland though, and Jokic just having an incredible start too. Uh, let's see if they can hold this energy. But any other Bucks thoughts before we wrap up here, Rohan? No, I think I think we covered it. I think we're in a better place than we were last time I was on the pod. Uh, I think it's I think it's good. I think it's good. Good oh, vibes man. all around. We uh. We have a beef update. Oh. Grayson said he tried two different ways to reach out to Caruso and tried again after hearing Caruso tell JJ Redick there was no communication, according to Justin Garcia on Twitter at TMJ Garcia. Ooh. So what you're trying to tell me, what you're trying to tell me, Ty, is that the Bulls and Alex Caruso are fabricating this story and trying to make Grayson look like an enemy. I mean, on purpose. He is literally haunting them right now. I feel like they don't have to even like stretch any truths. Like just on the court a- enough. 
covers what he's doing to their psyche, but if they want to spin some tall tales as well, that's that's you know whatever you need to do. So they they are creating their own demons. Yeah, and they're reaping what they're sowing. You, you I was gonna say you reap what you sow, Chicago. Interesting. Very interesting. I'm so sick of this storyline, and now it's gonna have a whole nother news cycle. But I, I, I want Grayson Allen to put Tristan Thompson in the basket tomorrow <laughs> to next game. Just absolutely dunk on him. Can we make that happen? It's been a while since he dunked. I felt like so. I'm totally down. He has that. Just imagine he hears one boo from a Chicago Bulls fan who's in Pfizer. He's like, "F it, I'm just going for he's it." He's gonna hear it just, from Brooke Lopez on the court and then do it. And then he just explodes from like the the dotted line and just absolutely <laughs> throws down. And that is the beginning of the All Star campaign. I'm here for it. <laughs> it's an early campaign, but I'm here for it. One last update. Uh, Bobby weighed in on his uh, tech with his encounter with Zach Levine. Quote tweeted ESPN and said, was just trying to get my arm back and ended up getting a tech. SMH. Hand on forehead emoji. Again, Zach Levine creating his own demons. <laughs> I think that's the – it's it's what the Bulls want apparently. They just want – they want to create something. This, that's what they learned from Bobby Portis. Remember the story of Bobby Portis imagining his enemy, like his yeah. enemies, his opponents, like punching his mom in the face? Yeah. That's the what the Chicago Bulls are doing as a franchise now. They're, They're just watching. like Grayson Allen. He couldn't reach out to me after he injured me. He couldn't do it. This is my motivation. Oh, Bobby Portis, he he's just grabbing my neck even though I'm holding his arm there. Just my motivation. How's that working out for you, Chicago? It'll work for one man and one man only, Bobby Portis, and he's got a ring to show for it. What do you have? What do you have? You have memories. <laughs> they, you have uh, memories from 20 years ago. They learned how to fabricate drama from watching Tristan Thompson's tape, not exactly. in the NBA, but on E. And that's that's what they're that's what they're pulling from, and it's it's not helping them win games. Oh my goodness. It's not helping them win at all. It's just Okay, this this is fun. This is yeah. very fun. Yeah. I love just dunking on the Bulls. More more dunking on the Bulls coming this week. But for now, I checked. For now, we have, we're done. We have no more reviews. We plugged everything up top. Do all the stuff, please. We appreciate it. Podfeed, YouTube, merch store, Substack. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, I get in the Discord. The link is in our bio. I think that's all, right? I think that's it. I think we can say pod random and we'll talk to you next time.